Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, May 10th, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The state is prepared to roll out another round of vaccinations when the FDA approves use of the Pfizer vaccine for children 12 and up. At a teleconference with the state's top health officials on Thursday, Alaska Chief Medical Officer Dr. Ann Zink said they would start vaccinating kids as soon as this week. Um, this vaccine is in stock and is available in the state, and we are set and ready to vaccinate this group as soon as it is approved. And we really uh, want to get our kids vaccinated, particularly while they're still in school before they go to the winds this summer. Uh, this is our chance to protect them. Zink stressed the importance of vaccinating younger people. Statewide, there's been an increase in infections and hospitalizations in recent weeks, mostly driven by unvaccinated patients. We've had almost double hospitalizations and vented patients in the last week, uh, and these are 98% are unvaccinated, uh, and they tend to be a younger population. So uh, we have a really powerful tool against this virus, but unfortunately, we are still seeing uh, even very young people uh, get very sick and die. We've had uh, two 20 year people in their 20s in the last couple of weeks uh, die uh, from COVID-19. So really, uh, the more that we can do to keep ourselves uh, safe and protected. Around half of unvaccinated Alaskans who responded to a recent state survey said they would probably not get the vaccine. To push past vaccine resistance, DHSS is kicking off a campaign to boost the number of shots in arms by 25 percent in every borough this summer. In Sitka, the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, or SEARCH, is asking everyone 12 and older to register for vaccination appointments. Harry Race Pharmacy will be able to schedule vaccinations once the FDA's approval is official. All children under the age of 18 must be accompanied by a parent or guardian to receive their vaccination. You can find a link to local vaccination registration forms on our COVID information hub at kcaw.org. The Sitka School Board approved almost $900,000 in CARES Act relief spending when it met last Wednesday on everything from additional staff to copy machines. The board's only hesitation came from knowing that the money was not yet in the bank. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The first pulse of CARES Act relief came into the Sitka district around this time last year and was spent on supplies and equipment needed to keep the schools functioning as they transitioned to remote learning. The second round, about $500,000, rolled in last December, and most of that money has also been committed or spent on supporting district operations during the pandemic. The third round of CARES Act relief could be the biggest pot of all, anywhere between $1 million and $1.4 million, and is the most open-ended of the three rounds so far. The only problems are that the actual amount is unknown and the actual money isn't here yet. Board members Paul Ryu and Andrew Hames were concerned about spending money that wasn't there. This is Hames putting the question to Interim Superintendent John Holst. So to follow up with what Paul was saying, I mean, we're, we're committing to spending money that we don't have yet. Is that right? Correct. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we're, what we're suggesting is planning for the money so that when it gets here, because you aren't going to have a board meeting after last day in June until August sometime. And if something for some reason goes haywire with them, we don't get nearly what we're expecting, then we have to revisit these and yes. resend them, right? Yeah. Holst believes the timing will work out and that the CARES Act funding will arrive before most of it is needed at the beginning of the next school year. 
Included in the district's CARES Act third round spending are three staff positions at $100,000 each, a district tech coach, a social worker at Pacific High, and an elementary learning support coordinator. The tech coach and the counselor would move to the operating budget in 2022, and the elementary position would disappear. Also included in the CARES Act pot is $150,000 for 10 additional AmeriCorps volunteers in the district next year, on top of the five already in the district operating budget. Holst said AmeriCorps were the greatest bargains in the district workforce, especially with teaching staff stretched thin, and that the talent pool was stronger because of the circumstances of the pandemic. This year in particular, the the crop of people was extraordinary, you know, because most of the, most of the program, Peace Corps, was canceled this year. There's no one in the Peace Corps. And these, these were the people who were going to apply for Peace Corps, and they applied for AmeriCorps instead. Also on the list is $75,000 for the district's summer intervention program designed to bring students back up to speed after a year of dramatically reduced classroom time. Students are being referred to summer school by their teachers. Board member Blossom Teal Olson asked what the district was doing to connect with indigenous students and families. I know that the teachers care, and I know that they have um, referred students, but um, with the historic um, baseline of families may not who may not trust the teachers or the school district, I think it would be really um, beneficial on our part to um, reach out to the tribe and see if they can add additional support on maybe giving out information on what the program is about before it officially launches. Sure, we can certainly do that. The rest of the list was equipment, $220,000 to upgrade the district's phone system, other network equipment, and copiers, all of which would produce significant savings for the district down the road. Board member Paul Rius said he initially failed to see how a new copier would help address learning loss over last year, but he was coming around. Anything we can save is is going to help the staff that's in place to address the learning loss. And, you know, I kind of had to do a couple of mental circles in my head to, to come back around to, you know, obviously a, a copier, it does really affect, or in this case, the phone system. So um, I gave it a lot of thought and read the memo from Dr. Johnson and, and, and thought about it. And I, I think this is a good investment. I think the savings is just going to support, just speaks for itself to support students in the roundabout way. The board approved the list of CARES Act spending unanimously. The total came to $890,000. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says its latest guidance for cruise ship operators could allow passenger voyages to resume by midsummer. But travel industry leaders in southeast Alaska are raising concerns about the CDC's new rules. KRBD's Eric Stone reports. The new rules under the agency's conditional sailing order provide instructions for lines to start simulated voyages. Those are sailings with volunteers designed to test COVID-19 protocols and rules for trips with paying passengers. Travel Juno's Liz Perry says a portion of the rules on shore excursions caught her eye. The CDC says cruise ship operators must, quote, prohibit self-guided or independent exploration by passengers during port stops. Um, So there will be no 
allowance for going into shops, restaurants, other things independently. They, uh, all passengers will have to stay inside that cruise bubble. That's going to be problematic for almost all Southeast communities. And that means many Southeast businesses who rely on adventurous tourists and walk-in traffic could be left out. Perry says she also fears that small tour operators who don't sell their excursions on board cruise ships could be left behind. The new rules do not require passengers to be vaccinated against COVID-19, but cruise lines won't need to run a test voyage if they can certify that more than 95% of passengers and 98% of crew members are fully vaccinated. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings CEO Frank Del Rio told investors on a recent earnings call that that doesn't go far enough. For the life of me, I don't understand 98% and not 100%. So you, gotta, you have a big ship, you have 1,800 crew members on board, and you're going to, you're going to vaccinate 1,764 of them, but not 36. I mean, what a loophole to, to allow potential COVID to be introduced in the crew uh, area. 100%, 100%, at least at the beginning, I believe, uh, should be the, the model. He says NCL will require everyone on board to be fully vaccinated. There isn't another venue on earth, not a school, not a factory, not your office building, apartment building, much less an entertainment venue like a casino, a hotel, a resort, that can make that claim. We will be the safest place on earth. He says his company's ships will abide by a 74-point plan the company revealed last fall in addition to following the CDC's guidance. The Dunleavy administration has been critical of the federal government's regulations. The state of Alaska recently joined a Florida-led lawsuit challenging the CDC's restrictions on cruise ships. A Department of Law spokesperson says the state continues to pursue all avenues for resolution. A lack of CDC guidance was one major barrier to this year's Alaska cruise season, but another major hurdle remains. Federal law requires the large cruise ships that visit Alaska to make an international stop, but Canadian authorities have banned cruise ships from their waters through next February. The state's congressional delegation has sponsored a bill that would waive that requirement for Alaska cruises, but an attempt to fast-track the proposal in the Senate failed last month. Travel Juno's Liz Perry says that if any ships come to Alaska in 2021, it'll be very late in the season. We're focusing on a season of uh, independent visitors, and uh, for Travel Juno, that has always been our focus. Um, and we, he, you know, here in Juno, we're doing a major fourth quarter uh, push to get as many independent travelers into Juno as we possibly can. But she says she doesn't think any Southeast communities have the infrastructure to take on enough independent travelers to make up for another lost cruise season. With additional reporting from KTOO's Jeremy Shea in Juneau, I'm Eric Stone in Ketchikan. I'm Peter Apathy, and this has been Raven News. 